Welcome to our podcast, Talk To Me Sister. I'm Kathy. And I am Sarah. And we are twin sisters documenting our surrogacy journey, discussing women's health, motherhood, and all the details that led us here. Our mission is to not only educate and inform, but to spread joy and hope through our story. Thanks for following along. Hey, everybody. Hey. (laughs) We're here. (laughs) This feels so weird that I can't see you. This is the first one we're doing remote, so. (laughs) And usually we're together, but we had to start thinking of other solutions. So here we are. Juggling motherhood and work and a podcast is like, it's crazy. So yes, this is Kids Are in Bed. Yeah, I'm currently in my barefoot dreams robe with a glass of wine and and it's fun. I feel like it's kind of great. I'm going to use this excuse more. Don't bother me. Yeah, sorry. I'm in my closet doing (laughs) lots of work with Sarah. (laughs) Well, usually I'm in bed at this point. Most people know that I'm an early bird and especially during pregnancy. (laughs) Yes. I'm usually in bed and it's eight o'clock. But I, I can't, can't stay up. I feel like that. And I'm, I don't know if I'm, you know, vicariously or by osmosis or subconsciously, that's the word subconsciously, um, feel, feeling all your things, your pregnant, yeah. early pregnancy things. Cause I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. You may be the twin vibes. I'm like by 7 PM. I'm like, I got to close my eyes. Yeah. Well, you're also experiencing a lot too. That's true. Emotions. The emotional ups and downs of pregnancy. For sure. I'm serious. Um, let's talk about it. So today we are going to discuss egg retrieval and embryo creation. We are going to discuss how to prepare for these two things. Actually, when I say we, Sarah, <laughs> will <laughs> discuss how to prepare to for these things, what to expect. We are going to hear Sarah's specific experience uh, about egg retrieval. And just a quick intro, if people are jumping in to this episode and not any of the others, we are twin sisters and I am Sarah's surrogate. I am currently pregnant with her son. Baby. Oh yes. We're saying son. (laughs) Oh, so crazy. Actually today, uh, Brandy dropped off a bunch of you know, maternity stuff to give to you. And in there, she had some little boy onesies with like buffaloes. That's so sweet. And it's like the first time I was really able to like let myself get excited. Yeah. So I've been kind of like holding my breath a little bit. Like this is too good to be true. Yeah. And our ultrasound was really good, you know, the last time. So Mm -hmm. it was really fun. I put it in the room. Good. I haven't like started his nursery, but I have some older stuff, obviously, that was Charlotte's, but. That's really exciting. Yeah, kind of got me excited. Well, good. You should be. This has been a long process, and egg retrieval was really one of the very first real big pivotal steps in your IVF journey, and there's a lot leading up to that day and some mixed emotions, probably excitement and anxiety and fear, and so I know that people who are going through this probably have questions about preparation and recovery, so... Um, we're excited to hear your story, Sarah, and really 
your experience. So why don't you start with telling us what you did to prepare for retrieval and maybe, maybe what make you kind of take the leap forward? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'll start actually with a little background, um, especially for those who are just tuning in. Egg retrieval is a part of our surrogacy journey and our IVF journey was really um, the first step. It was the first big part in creating an embryo. And for those of you that don't know, I'm a cancer survivor. I was diagnosed with choriocarcinoma, which led to a lot of chemo and then eventually a partial hysterectomy. So I still had my ovaries. I did not freeze my eggs before treatment because there was really not enough time. My cancer was pretty fast moving and we had to act fast. After all that said and done, when my oncologist and I were discussing egg retrieval and surrogacy options, her only advice to me was recommend waiting six months post-chemo. So when I first, um, really the first step in egg retrieval and all of it, IVF to begin with, was my consultation with, um, after my oncologist referred me to a fertility doctor, my consultation with the fertility doctor. And you guys Um, waited longer than six six months, right? We did. Like your goal was longer than that. Yeah. I mean, six months to me just didn't feel, I wasn't even emotionally there and ready to take the leap at six months. I was almost probably a year post-treatment, which really probably gave my body the time it needed to recover and have my hormones get balanced again. And so, yeah, we probably were 10 months post my last treatment. But when my husband and I were doing egg retrieval, we were doing it with the immediate hope to create embryos, which means the egg is fertilized and grows and, you know, you go straight on to transfer after that. I know some women simply retrieve their eggs to freeze them at a later date. Um, So this will apply to you too. But we started off with prerequisites after the initial consultation and we decided to move forward. There's a slew of items on a checklist that you and your partner have to go through. But specifically you, you have to do a lot of blood work for your partner. He will do a semen analysis to grade those swimmers, (laughs) make sure they're healthy and normal, and a bunch of tests to make sure that everything looks normal. They want to make sure you have good follicles and your ovaries look healthy. Yeah, it's nice, though, that they do that because I I think we will talk about the financial piece, but it's nice that they check and make sure you're a good candidate before they run you through all the test and right. all the things that cost money. So they're just making sure initially that you're good candidates for egg retrieval and embryo creation. And they had to do Richard's blood work too, right? I remember you sent me a picture of him like all laid up in they, the room oh, like a fan and cloths on his head. <laughs> I try not to laugh because it's just it's it seems... it, well you're when you're not used to it. I'm gonna give him credit. No, let's yeah, you're right. You're right. Um but yes, they he did he did a lot of blood work. I will say I think they only had to do his take his blood twice. But from that sample, they test a lot. Good, uh, just to make sure he's healthy. But uh, what they tested you too, and Alex. What was the drug um, test that they did? Yeah, so you remember? Yeah, this is kind of jumping forward to surrogacy. But yeah, they are backwards. I guess we've already recorded this episode on surrogacy, but. They tested mm-hmm. Alex mainly for uh, it, 
infectious diseases. So like hep C oh, and stuff right. like that, which is different. Mainly they were making sure our home environment is safe. And they were also doing like, I think just generic drug test. So with Richard, I would guess that they would just do pretty general like CBC, make sure he's pretty healthy so that if there yeah, was I an think- issue with a semen analysis, they could have maybe pinpointed something. I don't know. I, th- I think that they, I think his included maybe a hep C and like some different um, STDs and, yeah, and stuff did, like yeah. that. But yeah, you're right. I think it was just CBC um, just to make sure he was overall healthy. And then for you, they looked at your ovaries and we were concerned, right? You had been through about a year, maybe more of chemo, pretty harsh, very harsh chemo. So talk to us about that were you surprised with what your ovaries looked like and that was something I remember we really prepared for that maybe you weren't going to be a candidate for IVF and surrogacy yes and that was a huge fear of mine I mean I you know my oncologist is amazing and she's encouraged me the whole way through and she she said you know it kind of gave me the green light but I had a lot of fears there honestly I, like you said, I went through so much chemo, two really hard rounds of separate drugs when it came back the second time. My body had been through so much. Honestly, I wasn't even sure if there was one follicle in either ovary, to be honest. I didn't, I didn't know. But so that initial visit in the consultation with the fertility doctor, I did get a vaginal ultrasound where they looked at both ovaries. I remember one of them looked really pretty normal. And of course, I asked a million questions while the tech was looking at the screen. Um, but I did see some round, you know, some circles on the ovary. I saw some follicles. Um, it looked normal. And the other one, I will say, was pretty struggling. But they tested my AMH levels in my blood. And that was going to be the, you know, the tell tell all. That was going to be the factor in where I fell in as far as, you know, how normal my ovaries were. So my AMH level, they called me, I think the next day when my blood work came back, um, that I fell, I think I was at 1.9, which I jumped through the roof about that. Yeah, that's good. So for people who don't know, AMH is looking at your ovarian reserve. So often when people are trying to conceive, they will check and see. It's kind of a way to say like, do you have a good amount of eggs in there? AMH naturally declines as we get older, but because what Sarah had been through, you know, her ovaries had been probably accelerated (laughs) in the aging process. (laughs) My poor ovaries. My poor body. Yeah. So for under 30, a good AMH is like, you know, I think something like one to four, right? And then yes, yes you generally in between when you're like between 30 and 35, it's like 2.42 or something like that. So, right. So 1.92. So you said? One, I think, I think I was one point. Yeah. When it, um, it's really good. For sure. I was 1.9. I was over one. Um, but, but not my, I wasn't a two. That's, I think Um, that's interesting because people always compare and I do mm -hmm. think AMH is an important thing to look at, but it's not everything. So, you know, yeah. and we can always kind of improve our egg quality, even if our reserve is not the best. So, right. And that's something a little, my nurse said that too, but honestly, I think we were all happy with that number because of, you know, by the grace of God, I'm 
restored and healthy and cancer free. And, but they knew my body had been through a lot. So they were crossing their fingers. So I was happily surprised that number usually falls to like a 38, 39 year old woman. I'm 33. So I knew it was going to be, you know, I knew I, I knew it was going to be aged ovaries, but, um, well, people have babies all the time at that age. That, so. <laughs> like mom. Oh, that's true. Yeah, actually that's true. I probably shouldn't even say that because women are having babies, like healthy babies, (laughs) way until their 40s. Yeah. Again, it's an example that this is only part of the picture. It is an important one when you're screening. So, okay. So you and Richard were both screened and everything. They gave you the clear. They said, I think you're a good candidate. So what happened next? You guys started moving forward. We started talking to them about my cycle meds and my cycle plan, it was time for me to purchase meds, which meant we had to meet with a financial advisor, go through all the costs. We kind of had an idea and we had, we left that first day with like a bunch, just like a huge pamphlet of information. It was overwhelming. Um, that, we met with a financial advisor. The financial part is scary for a lot of people. So maybe go into yes. that a little bit. Yeah. And I will say, that's really what almost stopped me from even going into the office to talk to a fertility doctor about my options because I was just like, there's honestly no way I can afford this. But I think depending on your insurance, depending on your fertility doctor, um, there's grants out there that are incredible. There's savings discount cards you can apply for, which save on meds. And your fertility doctor has a financial advisor and your nurse will give you these options to help you. Yeah. When it comes to cost. So I remember when we started doing my cycle, my nurse said, um, and she was the sweetest lady, but she said, you know, this is a very expensive experiment. And I remember her saying that term, and I was, it was just like, oh man, yes, it is an experiment because it's like you want it to work so badly. But I believe for us, egg retrieval alone was a good 25000 But I think it ranges with every fertility clinic. I could see, you know, it ranged from 18 to 25, depending on your meds and how long you have to do meds in between cycles. But that number kind of included my meds, cycle, IVF labs, and your transfer. Okay. So that wasn't just your egg retrieval. That was all IVF. Yes. Okay. Except for maybe a few things here and there. Our prerequisites just for egg retrieval, I think, including, yeah, I think that was 4,500. I have a breakdown. I won't get, see, I'm not going to get into like the breakdown because I think every clinic will be different. They will. It depends on. And insurances will be different. Yeah. See, my insurance didn't pay I should say that my insurance didn't cover surrogacy, but I know that some amazing insurances do now. So anyway, but yes, one, one I will say everyone should write down is, um, www.reunitrx.com. That is, um, a discount savings card that you can sign up online for, for your meds. I mean, I think that my meds alone were like $6,000 for IVF. So I got 75% off um, Famara and I think Menopore. I think that's how you say it. Wow. That's crazy. We will link that in the show notes so people can find it. Yes. And there's another savings plan, right? You said you found 
So yes, I'm looking back at my notes. Yes. So the RE Unite RX is the discount savings card for your med. And I'm sure your fertility doctor has heard of it and can tell you more about it. But there is a website that um, was referred to me also about just um, savings for your fertility journey. And that's all of IVF. And there's, um, let's see, that is www.fertilitysavings.com. It's an easy website. I know that different fertility clinics have uh, payment plans and options. And yeah, of course, you save money when you pay a flat fee if you can. And I remember you saying this, and I think this is good advice, but to prepare for the high end. Like you said, I had my expectations like really high with how much it was going to cost. So in some instances, it was like a surprising like, oh, $25,000. That wasn't so bad, right? (laughs) Yes. I mean, I, I would say, I don't even know, like a cushion of, you know, five to $8,000 cushion if you need I don't know I see it's hard to say the finances because it it so depends on on the person and the fertility clinic and everything so and I will say I as a surrogate went through a fertility clinic of course and a lot of my blood work and tests were covered because I have good insurance that does cover it and they're even covering my pregnancy as a surrogate some surrogates have to get additional health insurance that covers a pregnancy because it may not cover so my insurance has been great i had a a lab bill that was you know eight hundred dollars and my insurance ran through it and it was more like a hundred dollars so there it's so overwhelming the financial part but i think if you do the work and looking at these sites and making sure you have good insurance, that it can be very helpful. It's still very expensive. I know. Very and expensive. one very expensive. And one website I just remembered too that do they do grants for couples who are going through IVF, and it's called giftofparenthood.com. Um, and that's a great one too. So that's great information. Okay, so you went through the financial part, you got your meds in the mail. It all came to your house, right? And what meds were you taking? Can you tell people? (laughs) Oh, I'm laughing about the day my meds came because (laughs) we just, we just signed up for, um, what's that home delivery? Oh, like home chef or HelloFresh? Blue apron. Oh Oh. yeah. Okay. (laughs) HelloFresh. <laughs> and they come, you know, with the ice packs and it's like the huge box on your front porch. Well, my meds literally came in the exact same box. And I was like, oh, our first HelloFresh box. And I opened it and it was like all of my meds. <laughs> it's like, here's your syringes. <laughs> Which I was like, just, I was actually more excited about the meds than the yes. HelloFresh. But they were like identical. <laughs> um, so funny. So tell us the meds. Tell us your meds. So meds, meds yes. And med schedule okay. will be different for everybody as well. So I know. So I won't go like too into the schedule, but I will talk about the meds. I, I was honestly really scared and not into the idea of taking any more medicine. When I went through chemo and, uh, post-cancer changed, I mean, I changed a lot lifestyle wise. I, um, don't love the idea of putting estrogen into my body. I mean, my, diagnosis, um, my cancer was not estrogen triggered. So my oncologist assured me of that, but I still was like weird about it. And I talked to my nurse and she, um, had a specific low estrogen regimen that she puts, um, women going through breast cancer on 
because there's a lot of women, she said specifically, that have just been diagnosed with breast cancer and they want to retrieve their eggs before they start their chemo treatment. Well, the last thing you want to do with breast cancer is feed it estrogen. So um, they're on this very low estrogen regimen. So anyway, that's what I was on. And so it made me feel a little bit better about it all. Um, I knew this was going to be a very quick cycle for me. Um, and I was on Framara. I did, I, I don't know if you can, if this is how you pronounce it, if I'm sorry, I'm butchering this, Menopore. I took that for two nights, I believe. And then a Ganarelic shot to slow my ovulation. And then the night before egg retrieval, they will schedule you to do your Ovidril trigger. And this is your one trigger shot that will stay in your refrigerator um, when you first get it. So that's the fun one. That's the one that gets your ovaries all pumped up. And that's the one you did, Kathy, before yeah, before transfer. Yep. Yeah. And I do remember if people are worried about all the meds and all the inside effects, you had minimal side effects, right? I remember being like, whoa, Sarah, you're glowing. <laughs> like you look, whatever you're on. I don't know. I will say <laughs> you guys gave me the biggest compliments during my cycle week. I went to dinner with Brooke Mooney that night. It was summer and I was just like feeling my, I, I would just look, look so good. My skin was glowing. I love it. But you know what? It's like every time of the month when women do ovulate is generally when their hormones are like that. And when they do feel themselves, yes. right? Yeah. It's like generally that time of the month where you're like, man, I'm looking good and feeling good. And I, we could tell like you that were feeling that weird mating ritual. <laughs> yes. That, like, God put in us it's to like, pretty incredible. It is. It's kind of animalistic, but I will say I loved myself on my regiment. <laughs> good. That's such good news for people. I love I that. Did. So, okay. So you did all your meds, you did your Ovidril shot, and then you went the next day for your egg retrieval. So what was it like? What can people expect? Okay. Well, this day was super exciting. I knew that we we're not only doing egg retrieval, but we are going to create embryos that day. So that was just blowing my mind that my future child was going to be created that day. It's just, it's wild. Science is crazy. So egg retrieval, yes, it's like normal surgery. You're going to be under anesthesia. So treat it like a normal surgery day. I mean, no eating after midnight, all those things your doctor is going to tell you. Um, the actual procedure itself, they did it in the morning. It took about 30 minutes. I was under. So, you know, my husband had to drive me home and they, they just say, take the rest of the day off to rest. But, you know, you're, you're back at it the next day. But, um, yeah, plan to take the rest of the day off. You're going to be coming out of anesthesia and all that. But during the egg retrieval, the doctor, it, they use a transvaginal ultrasound probe. Um, fine. <laughs> that sounds so fun. Pro I hate the word <laughs> the probe. <laughs> um, the ultrasound gives the doctor a direct view of the ovary um, in the position of the follicle. They Doctors like to get at least 10 to 12 eggs per retrieval. I think 12 is the magic number, I want to say. So, yeah. And do you know, like, how many they got of yours? Yes, they got five. They got five. Yeah. Are so sure. That were five. Yes. Five. And I remember that they could tell, they say, it looks like we're going to get five or six. 
And they said, do you want to try again next month? And you said, no. You said, let's go for it. You said, this is going to be the best it's going to be, right? (gasps) You have such a good memory. I actually forgot that. I didn't want to have... Here's the thing. Like she said, it's an expensive experiment. And the nurse, I remember having a like come to Jesus conversation. I was like, is it really... If we wait one more cycle, like how much better is it really going to get me? And she was honest with me and she was like, eh splitting hairs at this point. So I was like, we're going for it. So I think I was this happy is, with five. Yeah. I think this is a good point though, because so many people would say, okay, let's try again next month. But this whole time, starting with egg retrieval and then many times in our IVF and surrogacy journey, we have gone with our gut initially when maybe we had other recommendations, right? And it has right. worked. So I'm here to say, go with your gut because it's often an intuition and spirit that's important to listen to. (laughs) Um, Exactly. Hey guys. So we love this podcast. We really hope you do too. This is a great way to share our story. And if you have a few minutes to rate us or review us, we would be so grateful. Yes, we are supported by you, our friends and our listeners. You have heard me mention my favorite high quality vitamin company before, Seeking Health. I have been a fan for a really long time. So when they reached out, I kind of geeked out. So anytime you guys purchase your vitamins and supplements through our affiliate code, you are supporting the Talk To Me Sister podcast. All of that information is in our show notes, but Seeking Health is also offering you guys a 10% off promotion off your next order. Use the code SISTER10 to get 10% off. That's S-I-S-T-E-R and the number 10. That's awesome. Okay, so you guys, you want quality vitamins. Remember that. Don't waste your money, whether you're buying their optimal prenatal or active folate or the probiotics. These are numero uno. They're the best. They also have a genetic test kit that you can purchase on their website and do at home. It's a saliva test. It is a roadmap for your health and guides you at what supplements are best for your specific DNA. And it can help tell you what's contributing to your chronic health conditions and tell you what to do about it. So it's amazing. And so guys, this code won't expire. So if you're listening to this at a later date, no worries at all. So go get some quality vitamins, start feeling the benefits, start feeling better. That's Seeking Health, Sister 10 to get 10% off. Thanks so much. Okay, so I think I jumped forward. You had five, which we were very happy with. Richard also came with you that day and gave a fresh a sample, right? So like <laughs> yes. they were, tell us about that. Yeah, so he had already done that. Remember when we first had our appointment to get tested and he thought he was done and over it and wow, that was easy. No, he had to do a fresh semen sample that day because they were creating embryos that day. So- that morning they were getting my eggs and they had to have a fresh sample from him. That's crazy. And so they they make the embryos that day. How long did you find out afterwards how many had fertilized? Like you're waiting and just like waiting by the phone, right? Oh my goodness. So yeah, so you go home and you could recover and that is not very, that's not terrible, honestly. They give you, you leave with a packet and you get this really cute diagram of your egg and the cycle it goes through the next seven days. 
Um, it looks very like something you you saw in eighth grade chemistry lab. It's like very, you know, you see a petri dish in the in the cells. But you want it, you want your fertilized embryos to get to blastiose stage. And so a nurse will call you within a couple of days after and kind of give you an update. And what they they call you with an update the next two to five days to tell you the progress of your embryos and if they've made it to that certain stage. That's yes. That's the scare. That's like the holding your breath. Because I will go back to your question, Kathy. You said how many eggs did they retrieve? I think they retrieved five. And this is something I didn't know. Your odds are like 50-50. Right. So like if you had six, we're hoping for three to fertilize. Right. Yes. So with five, we were hoping for two. <laughs> yes. And then after fertilizing, that's like the first hurdle. And then after fertilizing, you want them to progress through PGT testing, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and be good eggs. Good embryos. Embryos. Sorry. Yes. Good mistake. embryos. So good embryos. Right. So there's lots of hurdles after you get your eggs and then fertilize the embryos. Wow. And so mm-hmm. tell us what happened to yours. So I will never forget it. I was at mom's and she was not supposed to call me till Thursday and it was Wednesday. And so I wasn't even, I was just like going about my day, excited for a call tomorrow. And I hear, I see her name pop up on my phone. And honestly, I, I felt like it was bad news or something. Right. But she, I answered and my nurse she was like, I had to call you. You're going not to, this is like, this never happens. The odds are crazy. All three of my fertilized embryos had made it to that blastio stage we had, and they were good embryos. They were all, they had all been genetically Healthy. tested successfully. Yes. It's incredible. I remember too. <laughs> I, I remember cried. you called me and we cried on the phone because- Yes. We thought, okay, we had five eggs, we got three embryos, and we thought, oh my gosh, all three of them made it through for the week. They made it to the blastio stage. And then you called and said, you won't even believe it, but all three made it. All three. All and three. my nurse was like, this is, this, this is crazy. And I remember mom was trying to calm my nerves a couple of days before, and she sent me a text that said, we just need one. So it's like the fact that all three of them were perfect anyway. And me, it made you feel. Yeah, it made me feel. I was like, please have more than one. Because I knew at that point I was hoping to be your surrogate. And I thought, I just want to yeah. back up. Like that feels like so much pressure just to have one. Yeah, just the one. But oh of course, I was happy for anything. But I just felt like, oh, man, that's a lot of pressure. So I was happy about yeah. that. So let's go back to PGD testing. So this is yes. a form of genetic testing where you test the embryo. And so tell us more about that or what you can share. Yes. So when you're filling out all your information and you have to sign a bunch of waivers in the packet that you have to fill out when, you know, when you're trying to create embryos, they'll ask you how many fertilized embryos you would like to test. Um, I think they'll test up to 12. Honestly, I think I put down, let's test you know, test six, which I laughed at myself when I wrote the number because I was like, there's no way we'll have six embryos. But um, I recommend it hands down. I don't know why you wouldn't test your embryos to see if they're genetically tested, that they're genetically healthy. Because, right, Kathy, this it drops your 
risk of miscarriage down, right? It does. Yeah. It drops your risk of miscarriage. It, of course, like you, you, you know, gender. So if that's something that right. you want to know, right. that you, you get to mm-hmm. see an X, Y chromosome or an XX chromosome. And also and we did. And also we it, it, it allows the embryologists and the fertility doctors to, to assess your risk for IVF or your likelihood of success, right? So mm-hmm. people will go through PGT testing and embryologists will say, these are not, like, these will not make it through IVF. So it's not worth going through the whole process if these are going to be unlike, unable to carry. So when they do make right. it through, it gives you such peace of mind. It has given me peace of mind as being a carrier, knowing that mm-hmm. those risks have already been eliminated and the doctors said these are really good graded at graded embryos. And so it does kind of give you a peace of mind, I think, as a parent, as a carrier, whatever. So people will want to know. I know that the little guy I am carrying had like a score. <laughs> and so he was like the most likely to succeed, right? What was his score? <laughs> what was his score? Uh, most likely to go. So yeah, so all three embryos, um, he was five. He was a five A B. Awesome. And I think it goes think up to six. F- it goes up to six. But you mm-hmm. want an A in there. If ideally, that sounds amazing. That's amazing. I think anything close to a six is incredible. I was gonna say. I feel like we asked. Remember, we asked the nurse what they were looking for, and she said they look for both an A and a B. Is that right? We should. Ask, we should get a nurse on here and we ask should. her. We will interview i think she said if there's a if there's b like you can have a five bb and that's still really great so oh something something about a b okay a b no you you want a A is good like like grading in school i think anyway oh my gosh someone's gonna listen to this be like they're wrong (laughs) but i think people who (laughs) had their embryos tested would want to know what yours was so you had a five ab and yeah five ab and some the other ones were close to that so we hit my mic sorry you're good we also want to know about freezing, right? So you stored your embryo for embryos until we, I was screened. So at this point, when you had done embryo creation, we decided to do that first and then freeze your embryos and then have me screened because we didn't want to go through the financial hurdles and physical hurdles of me being screened as your surrogate before we knew you had embryos. So after right. this, all three of yours went into storage and then I started That's my right. process. Right. And I had no idea how long that was going to take. I didn't know if you were going to back out at the last second. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know if they were going to say something psychologically wrong with her. We can't use her. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> They're like, she I cries. just didn't know if you- no, I mean, I honestly um, was praying. I was like, God, if I'm not supposed to do this, can I just fail my like physical or psych exams? Because I'm going to need like a closed door because I was excited. I know you were like, oh, I was ready. Like, Let's do it. And I prayed for that the whole way. We we prayed for closed doors the whole way because it sounds like pessimistic to pray, pray for that. But we did. So I didn't know how long that was going to take, but it gave me peace of mind that our sweet little embryo babes were stored safely they were at our fertility clinic they don't ship them sounds awful ship them to storage until you release them but 
our doctors knew that we were on the search for a surrogate. And so they figured it would happen sooner than later. It's not like we were going to wait five years. Um, but our fertility clinic, we they use Ovation, which is a really great company. And they gave us a year free of storage until we figured it out and, you know, they knew we were going forward, but I think that they do that for everybody, I'm guessing. Um, and then we'll do, if we choose to keep the other two healthy embryos frozen, then we can release them to be, um, I think there's a facility in Texas that stores frozen embryos. And we have, this sounds crazy, but we ha- we would have like a payment plan and pay a small amount a month to keep them in storage. Well, that makes sense. If we want, if we want to do this again i know it's strange richard's like do we discard them i know what there's do, what do people do well, people can adopt them it's called a snowflake adoption so instead of do- adopting a it's really sweet it is Didn't know that. instead of adopting you know a, a child that has already been born you adopt mm-hmm. an embryo and you carry the embryo so people who often can't create their own embryos so for example they've gone through and their and their embryos didn't test well, or they had oh, poor egg quality, or they you know there's so many reasons mm-hmm. that people could not make their own embryos, uh, but they can adopt them. Oh, I do want to say this really quick because some people listening might be going the maybe egg donor route, which we didn't talk about, but I do want to say that I looked into it as a backup plan before we did egg retrieval. Because, yes, I had eggs, but I wasn't sure if they were going to be good ones. Um, And I wasn't even sure if they were going to be able to be healthy embryos. So um, I did talk to several women who had gone the egg donor route and really been happy with um, the process and the company they used. And they said they got to – they used to not do this, but they now show the woman – on the profile. It's a little crazy. I I actually, it's almost, it sounds wild, but it's almost like a Facebook profile Yeah, and it shows, you know, gene, genes and personality traits, height, uh, you know, hair color, eye color. She said that that was a new thing they started doing not long ago is adding the picture. I guess they used to not do that. I mean, it's such a gift. It's, I, I'm clearly a surrogate, so I love the idea of, like, using our, you know, our bodies <laughs> as a mm-hmm. way to bless other people. But uh, you definitely have to be just, like, such a special person to be an egg donor because it does mean yeah. your – Yeah, your, your child, your biological child is mm-hmm. – um, is out there somewhere and making other people parents, which I think is just so incredible. And so I have incredible. listened to some podcasts when I was like gearing up for surrogacy, you know, I am a podcast listener and an information junkie. And I listened to a woman who was a multiple time surrogate and a multiple time egg donor. And she said, you know, wow. you know that these children are out there that share your DNA, but you do not have a connection with them. I've, she said, I've even met some of them, but you don't have a connection wow. with them like you do your own kids, it's kind of like being a surrogate, right? You carry this baby and you just have a completely different love and care for them. And so I just was so blown away by her story. But anyway, I think it's such an incredible thing that people do. It's really so incredible. And for somebody 
who is in a position where they can't carry their own pregnancy going forward or you know they might be needing to look an egg donor um an egg donor it's just it's fascinating and and so i mean it's it's so blesses somebody else in a family that's struggling so i mean my they're like yeah heroes yeah so hashtag heroes hashtag heroes so how much do you know how much it, it is per month like to pe- just to give people an idea to to store your embryos yes so actually i just talked to them last week great because they sent me an email that said your invoice is due and i was like that's strange so i called them and they were like oh that's a mistake but i did ask her i was like so just ballpark when this year is up what is our payment what's our monthly because i mean i'm thinking i need to talk to richard like do we want to do we really want to keep these embryos and what do we do um and she said that there's three-year plans oh that's nice five-year plans um i want to say there's a 10-year plan and so there's a few different payment plans, but ballpark, I think she rounded off like $80 a month. Wow. Does that sound expensive it to you? It does sound expensive to me. Okay. I was thinking the same thing. So I think that was their three-year plan, but it was a quick conversation. So I'm sure that they work with you financially. All right. So I don't have, I don't have all the info. We'll get back to you but, guys on that. But yeah. Yeah. So it's so crazy how you can store embryos for as long as you want, really. And there, we just talked about this story that you guys have probably seen on the news. The the oh, girl who she was, was on born. The Today Show. Oh, she was the girl who was born. Um, uh, she was on ice for twenty seven years. <laughs> sounds crazy. It's incredible. <laughs> like she got a chance of life. Like I can't oh not get over her. So she, I love it. She was twenty seven year old embryo, and now she's living her life. It's so incredible. Did, did you? That's so amazing. Did you read any more of that story? Because I was wondering if the parents, if they knew that, like, how did they choose her? I don't. Anyways, I everybody go look it up. It's great. I don't. Know. I got another got to know. story. I don't remember and I don't know, but I bet they were twenty years interested. And I think I would pick an older embryo. They had less toxin exposure, better oh, nutrient dense foods. So true. <laughs> Two thousand. The- Let's see what the, yeah, yeah, the year 2000 was amazing. Yeah. This, <laughs> incredible, right? This is going to be like early 90s too. So, like, yes, the age of JT, Justin Timberlake, and Britney Spears. <laughs> the only issue is that they were kind of in the low fat diet stage, which isn't great oh, from a like, nutrition ba- standpoint. Was, but <laughs> those were the diet trends. <laughs> anyway, oh, anyway, we're, we're in, impressed by her story, but wow. Um, and real quick, hold on. While we're talking about today's the Today Show and stories, did we ever hear of a you know a um, an update on the mother that was a surrogate? Oh yeah, I followed them on Instagram. Did she have the baby? Yeah, she had the baby. She had a really great what? labor. They ended up having a C-section. Their baby is great. Oh my gosh, she is grandma, and she is an incredible person. Yeah. So, oh, I followed them on Instagram. I think they're. Uh, handle is like, I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to see if okay, I can find it. Okay, send it to me tonight. I'm going to link it. I'm going to link it. IVF, hope, and surrogacy. I think that's it. It's like has Aww. periods between the words. I'm so excited. How are you feeling? Is your is your nausea? Oh, here it is. IVF, 
www.surrogacy.diary. Oh. Brianna Luckwood. Okay. So anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna they have follow a beautiful them. story. I cry when I look at their pictures. I just like am so impressed <laughs> that her mom was her surrogate. So anyway. It's so wild. It's wild. Um, um I you know, I, I feel pretty good. It's general that I feel okay in the day and then kind of crash at night. Like that's kind of yeah, been that's to be I've had morning given. sickness at night. Um I have had fatigue at night, but in the day I feel good, which I really is an answer to prayer because that's when I have my kids. That's when I need energy. Yeah. That's when I'm working. And so I just, you know, my Such my nighttime routine <clears throat> is very minimal. I don't do dishes until the next day. I don't do laundry until Good. the next day. Some days I just wipe my face off. I don't even wash it, you know. Um, <laughs> but I'm doing better, actually. Oh. This is my first week um, where last week I started weaning from my fertility meds from the estrogen. I'm so glad. Yeah, so I actually completely stopped the estrogen and the progesterone went to every other day. And so I, I know that that is going to continue to help. Obviously, and my our, end of my tri- first trimester is just very short. Next week. Oh, my gosh. How is that? Next week. Um, Speaking of your meds and everything, I'm excited because our next episode is all about IVF and yes. your natural cycle and your meds and our transfer. Yeah. It's going to be a lot. So, we may have to do it in two separate segments because I know it's a we lot. Probably will. Uh, but we will talk a lot about our IVF journey um and i'm gonna get podcasty for a second and i'm gonna say subscribe and like and share if you guys have enjoyed our conversation <laughs> you're so podcasty <laughs> um and also people can email us too if they if we're talking about things that we didn't you know topics and questions we didn't cover What's our email address? <laughs> <laughs> we will link everything in show notes, um, but it's talk to me sister. Two is the number. Talk to me sister at gmail.com. Yes. And before we end this episode, because we're wrapping up, but I just want to say that if you're listening, if you have fertility struggles, if you are a cancer survivor and or a cancer patient going through treatment, treatment, or just um, a woman um, that's struggling with infertility, know that you're not alone. There are options. There are women out there to help you, and we're all in this together. So I hope that you feel encouraged by that and our story. Yeah. I think your story is really encouraging because your body had been through a lot, and we you didn't get a lot of eggs. And I, I do think it's really encouraging for people to hear because I think sometimes that can be yeah. you compare your story to other people. And I think that's an important thing is that you, you we cannot do that. It's so important yes. to focus on on not comparing to other people because everybody has different. I know somebody who has 13 eggs, but still right. their embryos aren't, you know, we got to focus on on what's important. That's right. And it's just a reminder at how amazing the body is and what the body can do and how the body can heal and restore and um, our bodies do incredible things. They heal, they uh, recover, and they make babies. So that's amazing. Um, on that note. And I'm a, yeah, on that note, <laughs> should we go to sleep? Should we go to sleep now? For sure. But I interrupted you. What were we going to say? I was going to say on our next episode, we could share a few quick IVF um, miracle encouraging stories because I have two amazing ones about um, some girls I know that go to Charlotte school. So there'll be some encouraging IVF um, hope, hope stories on the next episode, but can't wait. 
Yeah. Can't wait. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening along about egg retrieval and embryo creation and all of the details. So if you've stuck around this long, we appreciate your time. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye, everybody. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. This is the platform that we use to record and produce our podcast. Guys, we are not tech savvy. I was so overwhelmed thinking about how to start a podcast, but we knew that it was the best and easiest way for us to share our story. And Anchor has been so easy to use and really intuitive for anyone, no matter how comfortable you are with podcasting or technology. They simplify it for you. So you can record your episodes, add music, activate sponsorship, and distribute your podcast to Apple, Spotify, and all other listening platforms, all through Anchor. So download the Anchor app for free or visit anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started. Have fun.